You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans, and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and now the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. Here with you all on a bit of a slow Tuesday was the NCAA title game last night. We'll quickly talk about that and the player from the Virginia Cavaliers, the winning player, DeAndre Hunter, who I think now looks like a fantastic lottery pick. Talk about his game just a little bit. Want to look at something that came up that I listened to on a podcast regarding referees in the NBA, which is also intriguing, just to kind of give you a little bit of color. And then we're going to talk about Drew Holiday in the second uh, segment of the podcast here, and then we'll wrap up by previewing the final game of this brutal, brutal Pelican season. It's at an end. We made it. We can now move on from the regular season into the offseason, which we'll be doing starting tomorrow after this game. So let's dive into it in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So despite the fact that a lot of prognosticators thought this was going to be a terrible NCAA title game, boring, unsexy, what have you, between Texas Tech and Virginia, ended up being pretty damn fun and went to overtime with Virginia winning 85-77. to We don't care about that particularly because we don't care who wins or who loses in an NCAA title game or any NCAA game. But we do want to look at two guys in there that are lottery picks and kind of matched up a good bit. That was DeAndre Hunter from Virginia and Jarek Culver from Texas Tech. These were probably the two premier players in this one. And, well, DeAndre Hunter not only won the title, but also won the personal battle between both of them. He was 8 of 16 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3, 7 of 9 from the free throw line, 27 points, and 7 rebounds on the night. He was outstanding. But more importantly, too, he locked up Jarrett Culver for the majority of the night. Culver was 5 of 22 from the field, including going 0 for 6 from deep. Some of those were kind of desperation threes in overtime when they just needed to hit something and he was chucking a little bit. But he finished with six, uh, sorry, 15 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists and did not look like himself for at least the, the majority of the first half. He started to come alive at one point, but looked out of sorts over spells, which he did at times throughout the tournament too. But DeAndre Hunter was outstanding in this one. He was the leading scorer for both teams here in this game and basically led Virginia to this title. Either one of these guys is going to make a lot of money in the NBA. They're wings. They can play well. You kind of look for those type of guys. And I think this my computer makes a lot of weird noises here. And either one, if they end up on the Pelicans, could do quite, quite well. DeAndre Hunter after this one, though, and you watch him play the defense that not lack of when Culver was off the ball and he was off ball. 
He just brings everything you want in kind of a prototypical NBA wing. He's 6'7", too. This guy can play, and I think if you see him sent to the Pelicans in a lot of mock drafts, you should be really happy about it after watching him in this game. So that's all we really need to talk about that. It was fun. I enjoyed this game, and normally I really dislike college basketball. First half was a little rough, too. I won't lie. A lot of dribbling out the shot clock, slow pace, which is never really a fun thing to watch, but it's effective in Virginia ended up kind of just smothering the Red Raiders of Texas Tech in overtime, and they couldn't do much about it. So another thing that I listened to yesterday that was kind of interesting, and that was This American Life, the NPR podcast, but they actually talk about the NBA and the referees. It's part of a podcast they were doing for this week's episode about things not being fair and how justice is kind of doled out, and a chunk of it takes a look at the NBA refs, and this is done by Michael Lewis, if you're familiar with him. It was interesting, and just some things to think about when these refs, when you're booing refs and chanting refs, you suck, which of course they do. They never like the Pelicans, right? It's interesting, though, that they look at kind of the history of refereeing in the NBA a little bit and why the NBA has instituted so much money and time and effort on instant replay. Instant replay, which, by the way, was a big part of a big play in the game between Texas Tech and Virginia, reviewing it off, it went off or not, that Texas Tech player's hand, they said it was Virginia first, they overturned it, when they were getting down into like fraction of a second, and it was close, but they made the right call. But why do they do this when the NBA spent something like $15 million to build their command center for replay in Secaucus, New Jersey, and however many, you know, other millions it takes to get that stuff in cables connected and all that to NBA arenas and all the people they employ and all that. This is a lot of money and energy and effort that they spend on this for something that comes down to like two calls per game on average. Shouldn't really affect much, but it was interesting because the NBA realized as you enter in an era of smartphones and people turn in misplays into clips on Twitter and different things like that, that there's a spotlight on this and they have no choice but to do all of that to try and make the NBA referees better. He also talks about kind of a bit of a scandal that came out, I believe, in 07 when a guy from Australia, and I'm blanking on the name now, and I vaguely remember this, did an interesting case study on the referees in the NBA saying that a predominantly white crew called fewer fouls on white players or a predominantly white team while calling more fouls on a predominantly black team. The NBA, of course, and David Stern kind of shot back at this saying the study wasn't accurate and all of that. But the interesting thing that happened after that was they did another study a couple years later to see what the influence of that study might have been. And it turns out that all kind of went away once this study was put out there. So it's interesting to talk about ref reform and how they're doing their job. And by all accounts and what people think, refs are really good. We might disagree with that and think they hate our teams here, but in general, they're all particularly great, even with the necessary evil that is replay. And when you see people complaining about refs, and it seems like the players at times were about to revolt against the refs this year, they also looked at that. It's the top guys complaining about the refs, not the majority of players. It's the LeBron Jameses, the Kevin Durants, the maybe the Draymond Greens as well. And it's just them being more vocal about it in hopes maybe that they can influence the refs and the calls and what have you. When 
that doesn't end up actually mattering or influence any, influencing anything at all. They didn't really touch on what's probably one of the more important parts of this, and that's the uh, the Tim Donaghy scandal and the fact that sports betting is going to kind of be streamlined and mainlined and just part of everyday life soon, that if you do have that, you do need to make the appearance that nothing is rigged, that there everything is fair, and there's no weirder outcomes. And I think that's also one of the reasons why the NBA spent so much money to make sure that calls are correct, particularly calls in the last two minutes, which they do look at and say, you know, a call at any point in the first two minutes or the last two minutes, I'll have kind of an equal um, impact on the outcome of a game, even though it feels like in the last two minutes it has more because I guess there's fewer, uh, less time to atone for those mistakes or fix or make up for those mistakes. But it was an interesting thing. I don't want to dive too much into it because I don't want to take their thunder. You're going to hear me say that probably in the next segment as well. But if you want, give it a listen. They kind of redid a podcast from Michael Lewis into This American Life. Really interesting look at the NBA referees and everything that's going on with that, including their command center in Secaucus. So before we get to the NBA player poll that's over on The Athletic and Drew Holiday's place in that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by the Wise Cam. W-Y-Z-E, the Wise Cam is the indoor camera that does it all. Wise is packed with premium features that allow you to see everything from anywhere for just $20. Full HD 1080p and images so clear you will not miss a thing. They also have night vision and two-way audio. It's the wise mission to bring amazing smart home products and make them accessible to everyone everywhere. Check on your home anytime with the Wise app's live stream so that you can connect with life as it unfolds in sharp focus and with eight times digital zoom. There's also, 14-day free rolling cloud storage with no subscriptions. Free rolling cloud storage for 14 days and no subscriptions. If something happens and you don't catch it right away, you can always go back to the footage and see what occurred. This is how I check who keeps hitting my car when it's the construction workers across the street. And we've used it for just safety, things like that at the house. It's actually quite important. And really, at $20 a camera, you can put them all around your place. Use them for however you want. And if you want more, Wise has that as well. For just $10 more, you can purchase the Wise Cam Pan. Has 360 coverage in under three seconds. Life moves fast and your camera should too. And you can always, of course, track everything you need with the free 14-day rolling cloud storage with no subscriptions. Works on your phone and from anywhere. So go to wise.com slash locked. That's W-Y-Z-E dot com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest prices on the Wise Cam. That's W-Y-Z-E dot com slash locked. All right, so The Athletic had a great feature over on their site. It is definitely worth paying for. Their 2019 NBA player poll. They have It's like 15 plus questions of who's the MVP, the greatest of all time, the most overrated, and it's the players picking. The guys who are kind of in the game know it a little bit better. It's interesting who they pick for MVP. Obviously going to be between James Harden and Giannis and might not be who you think. But there's a couple questions that really stand out because Drew Holiday gets mentioned on some of these, including the who's the best defender. 
He comes in sixth, and I'm not going to read off the whole list because this is behind a paywall. I'm not going to just put their content for free out here. You really should subscribe, and it's worth it because you do get features like this. That's not even a paid ad here on today's podcast. Holiday comes in sixth overall, though, showing that players around the league realize how good he is. Getting in the top five, top six, top ten of all of this, I think is excellent when you do have guys like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and others out there that are absolute monsters interesting on here though no anthony davis in this one so it's kind of interesting to see that he was kind of left out the another question they had on there was if you're building a roster from scratch who are you signing first they had 125 players voting this somehow out of 125 players voting in this maybe drew holiday voted in this so keep that in mind holiday himself got a vote in this that if you were to start a team and you had the First overall pick in a fantasy draft, who are you signing? And they would sign Drew Holiday first. Maybe Drew's picking himself in this. But knowing the type of person that he is, I actually don't see him doing that. I also wonder if they said you can't pick yourself in this, just like the uh, the NBA GM poll, where they're not allowed to pick their own team for any of their categories. So Drew Holiday getting votes tied for 10th in the... Who are you signing first category? Anthony Davis, by the way, finishes second in this, a distant second behind their winner, Giannis. The one that Holiday really stands out in, though, is the most underrated player. 116 votes come in, and Drew Holiday is number one. So players around the league realize how good he is and that he's not necessarily getting the press that he deserves. Holiday's been outstanding this year. He averaged 21.2 points per game, 7.7 assists, 5 rebounds, 1.6 steals, and 0.8 blocks per game. He's been playing at an all-star level with those kind of numbers when you factor in his first-team all-defense nod and kept that up this year. He's been playing it at this all-star level for about two years. He is a previous all-star, a weak uh, Eastern Conference that one year where John Wall was out for most of the season, allowed a holiday sneak in. But again, he's in the Western Conference. He doesn't get into the all-star games because it is just straight stacked with guards out here when you have Curry, Thompson, Harden, Chris Paul, and others. It's really, really competitive and really tough to get in. And missing out doesn't mean you're a bad player. It just means you don't get the accolades, which I think really does factor into this whole most underrated player thing. But he's not underrated to NBA players, and clearly they know how good he is. It's been pretty impressive to see him and to see him growing into being a leader. And being a leader, it was in Scott Kushner's article with the uh, with the advocate, there we go, all the A's, and there was an interesting quote from Holiday in there as he talked about it. He said, I want to be here, basically. And he goes, I'd like to kind of be involved in the decision-making process with either Danny Ferry or whoever the new GM is going to be. Usually the best player on a team kind of has some say in this. Anthony Davis always had some say in things with the Pelicans. And it sounds like Drew Holiday would like that same consideration. I think this is a guy who's starting to realize how good he is and how important he is and wants to kind of have a say in what the team around him is going to be like. Maybe part of this is self-serving that maybe maybe he just doesn't want to be around a bunch of really, really young kids and wants to try and win and compete, and so maybe he'll push the team in that direction. But I would assume the team also wants that at the end of the day to be competitive. So it's nice to see that he wants to be here and that he wants to take on more ownership and more leadership when it comes to this Pelicans franchise.
So we're going to look at the final game of the regular season uh, coming up here in just a moment. But remember, to get the show every day, subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast on the new Himalaya podcasting app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every single day. It's how I found This American Life. Uh, which I don't normally listen to. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to the Locked on Pelicans podcast. So it's a game day here in the Crescent City, the Pelicans' final game of the regular season before we can move on to all of the offseason stuff, which is going to keep us busy for a very long time, or at least until Anthony Davis gets traded, and then things will maybe settle down after that just a little bit. But yes, it is the final game of the regular season as my cat plays with a toy that makes like beeping noises when she hits it. So if you hear that in the background, sorry. This is the segment that no one really cares about because the season's about to be over. Golden State Warriors play tonight against the Pelicans. Then they're on the road to play Memphis tomorrow. So they have a back-to-back, which leads to an interesting situation. Do they sit guys for both games or do they sit them for just one? If they're sitting guys for both games... This can impact the Pelicans tanking a little bit. We talked about it yesterday, but they're likely going to be locked into the ninth spot is I think kind of what we're all expecting at this point. But if they don't rest, guys, maybe they lose. Or if the Warriors don't rest, guys, maybe the Pelicans lose because the Golden State Warriors might just want to rest them on the second night of a back-to-back. You know, I don't know if you're going to rest them for two games, but you certainly will rest them for one. And if it's going to be any game, it's probably going to be the second night of the back-to-back not the first game. So this might help the Pelicans a little bit where they can come out and lose the game and maybe improve their lottery odds. For sure, a guy who's probably going to be sitting is Andre Iguodala. He's been listed as day-to-day for a little bit. So will Sean Livingston. We're going to wait to hear everyone else, but you know who they are. And the interesting thing is going to be DeMarcus Cousins, who's been averaging 16 points per game and eight rebounds there were times when he looked really really good he feasted um, uh, against the Denver Nuggets a week ago including just completely outplaying Nikola Jokic in that game just absolutely smoked him Um, and I'm assuming he's going to get some minutes in this one and really want to have some revenge and stick it to the former team we still don't know if Anthony Davis is going to play so this could be his last game with the Pelicans ever where he plays or we might have already kind of crossed that bridge a while back and with the Lakers shutting down Anthony Davis or sorry the Lakers shutting down LeBron James and also I guess Anthony Davis too um, you know there's a precedent to not really play him but do the Pelicans want to have him in uniform and give him that kind of final send-off and I don't know because the second he steps on the court he will get booed and you have to figure he's going to get booed a lot in this one if he does play so because of that I think they might just kind of want to eliminate the situation entirely and I don't know if we're going to see him which marks the end likely of a very weird era of Pelicans basketball some very big highs a couple playoff trips including that uh, win over the Portland Trailblazers in the first round last year that was really really fun you also had the DeMarcus Cousins trade and then subsequent injury from that And then everything just kind of falling apart and unraveling this season is this team could not get healthy and recapture the magic that they had through the first four games of the regular season. So it's likely AD's final game either way. We can dissect his tenure and kind of his his legacy. That's probably the right word to use here in New Orleans at a later date and time. Kind of a weird, sad ending to everything, going out with much more of a whimper than a bang. 
And I think that's just, you know, once he requested the trade, how this season was certainly going to go. But mercifully, it's all over. And I think everyone is really excited about that, that we can just focus on some positives and some fun stuff and not really have to see this team taking the court night in, night out and playing some bad basketball, let's be honest, but also guys going out and competing. And yeah, that's kind of it. And we'll, we'll see the game tonight. We'll find out what happens, what doesn't. And of course, we'll be back here tomorrow to recap it. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, you can get this podcast by subscribing to it on the Himalaya Podcast app, as well as Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. And don't forget, when you get into your car, tell your smartphone to play podcast Locked on Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 